you know, you, you know the the people who go like, oh, you got a star, right? Or mega slalom, right? Things like that, right? Um, that that's what I voice acted for, you know, like whenever people got points for like jumping off a hill or whatnot. Welcome to the Ranger Outpost, where we take a deep dive into unique journeys and the not-so-direct paths of builders, storytellers, and professionals. I'm your host, Richard Lee, and on the show today, I'll be exploring his different cultural backgrounds and taking on different sources of passion led Andrew Kim to become the project manager at Pure Power Engineering, a nationwide solar engineering firm specializing in commercial solar systems. We are going to learn about his journey of self-discovery as a Korean-American man allowed him to bridge the different cultures both in his personal and professional life. How he started his creative journey by filming Korean music videos for class, which later led up to voice acting gigs for snowboarding video games, and how he discovered his path by taking on risks and leaps of faith when figuring out what to do next. You know what's crazy? I, you know, I graduated in 2014, right? I, I, I came in, I came in 2009 and, you know, it's, what is it, 2020 now? So it's like already been 10 years, 10 plus years, right? Um, since my college days, it just feels like yesterday. It's crazy how fast time flies, but um, let's see. So yeah, I'm originally from, you know, uh, let me go a little, a little further back before college. All right. <laughs> so, all right, uh, let's do this. So, um, you know, I, uh, I was born in New York, right. I grew up in Flushing Queens, you know, a huge Mets fan. Life has been hard for me as a baseball fan, but I digress. Um, I, you know, I, I moved to New Jersey, right. Um, so the first half of my life before, um, before college, I was in New York. And then the second half, right, um, all the way to high school, I was in New Jersey. Um, and for me, in terms of choosing my college, right, uh, definitely Georgia Tech, uh, great, great institution, great reputation. And, you know, I was, I think at the time, I was really good at chemistry. I was really good at math. Um, so I put two and two together and I thought chemical engineering was for me, right? I looked online, I saw the list, Georgia Tech was great, right? Um, so I chose Georgia Tech. Uh, as I said, I was from New York. I saw that Atlanta was a city. So I thought, oh, Atlanta would be somewhat similar to New York City, uh, which, was, which I was very wrong <laughs> about. But um, that's how I chose Georgia Tech. Uh, I went to Georgia Tech with a chemical engineering uh, major chemical engineering was something that was very different from what I had imagined. Right. Um, but nevertheless, I powered through, I graduated with a chemical engineering degree and now I'm not using any of it <laughs> for my current <laughs> job right now. <laughs> um, okay. So I think the one thing that I am using right? It's not, it's not the hard skills, right? I'm not, you know, uh, rectifying. Right, right. You know, I'm not putting distilleries, right, right. Or, you know, calculating uh, how many pounds of this particular chemical I need for this, you know, um, X amount of output, right. Um, But what I am learning are the soft skills that I learned from tech, right, is how to withstand pressure, how to withstand deadlines, you know, how to 
um, work late nights at times and how to power through, right? Um, and essentially how to think creatively and outside the box, mm. right? Um, and how to adapt fast, yeah. very quickly, especially in a field that, you know, uh, you barely had any experience in. Yeah, that's, that I think is the quintessential Eurotech experience. And we've actually had a, quite a few Eurotech uh, mm-hmm. students that's been on the podcast and all of their experiences are associated with late nights, lots of quick problem solving. Oh, and yeah. Just that's a sc- always standard story that we always get. Um, so what were some experiences right. you've had at tech that really make up for those moments, like quick problem solving, whether it be fun or professional or something in between? Um, quick problem solving. I think, um, <laughs> I think just surviving, <laughs> just trying to survive my classes. Um, you know, it's just so fast paced, right? And at Georgia Tech, there's so many smart people, right? And I, I wasn't built like that. Um, you know, and it, it's funny because I didn't have the hardworking, you know, um, what is it? The, the hardworking, you know, the grit and, and that determination back in college, right? So uh, I so definitely was not an A student. Oh yeah, I developed that later, later on after college. But yeah, I definitely wasn't an A student. You know, I was trying to survive, trying to pull things, you know, out of thin air. Um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people have that experience before. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's pretty much how my creativeness and problem solving skills came about. Mm. Is how do I find a way to pass this class? Yeah, um, <laughs> more or less. What are uh, what are some courses or uh, some stories that you have from some of the classes you take that really encourage problem solving in creative ways? You did mention that you did some yeah. some crazy stuff for your Korean class. Um, I think for my Korean class, you know, um, some of the creative things that I really loved to do back in college, right? It, it was kind of outside my my major, mm-hmm. right? And um, obviously, I took Korean. Um, a long time, you know, I also did a lot of courses in finance, right? Um, because I really wanted to see what was outside of chemical engineering. Uh, you know, um, I didn't want to look back and say, oh, I missed this, this, and this because mm-hmm. I was just focusing so much on my major of chemical engineering, right? Um, and, uh, you know, I think uh, I created a music video um, for one of my projects in Korean. Yeah, it's still it's still out there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you the title, right? Um, but I can probably say that I have about like thirty thousand views on that thousand views on that video right now. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of people can say that. Um, I have thirteen subscribers <laughs> and thirty thousand views. Is this your main? Is this your main uh, profile? Or is this one something you just made purely for that? Um, no, this this is my main. This is my main. I actually thought about um, doing YouTube videos mm-hmm. and content creation for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I actually built that channel. I yeah. did a couple of stuff, right? Uh, I think during college, you know, I really loved like singing, you know, uh, just music, um, you know, just the whole content creation 
right? That always intrigued me. So yeah. I uh, always thought that I would do it. And I did, I dabbled a little bit of yeah. it, right? But I didn't full blown like do it yet, yeah. you know? Like you want um, to be that YouTube star, have millions of subscribers type of thing, or more like, I just want to have a couple. Um, yeah, just a couple, just a couple. I mean, if, if the stardom comes, I'll, I'll welcome it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, that wasn't my main focus. Um, I just want to experience it, right? See yeah. what was out there. You know, I think that's like a main theme of my life is just do it, just experience it, mm -hmm. right? Um, so yeah, that view, you know, as I said, amassed about like 30,000 views, you know, and it also... Um, I guess opened a lot of creative uh, flow, mm. right? Um, that I, I don't think I would have experienced, you know, any other way. Wow. Uh, it seems like you have lived that college experience to the fullest, trying out new things. Um, and you said like the courses were hard, uh, the, the nights were late. Oh, yeah. And you took a Korean class. I don't know how many classes in Korean you took because I, I know personally I wasn't allowed to take anything in the 1000 level anyways. So that means you took mm -hmm. the advanced courses. Yeah, I was I from 1002 all the way to 4002. <laughs> I, I, I essentially, um, you know, you got a minor. minor. <laughs> you got a full in, minor in Korean. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> it, it's funny. My, my wife, um, she, uh, yeah, she makes fun of me all the time because my Korean's so not, it, it's real, really not good. Um, and I minored in Korean, nevertheless. I have a degree. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I, you know, up to 3002. So, you know, for those who don't understand how the, you know, the classes go, right? 1001, 1002 you know, one and two for each semester. And then the next year you go 2001, 2002, yeah. so on all the way to 4,000, right? And all the way up to, I think my third year, I was like getting A's, right? I was doing pretty well, you know, mm -hmm. I was learning a lot, right? Yeah. I was like, I was learning, you know, things I never knew existed, right? I was, I was learning how to, how to spell correctly, you know? <laughs> That's always so a weird. very hard thing. Yeah, oh yeah, for, for us Korean Americans. Um, and then once 4002 comes along, like, oh man, it, it was the hardest thing ever. Uh, I had to write like a 10 page essay in Korean, which I've never done in my life. I had to interpret like poems and, you know, um, read in <laughs> different dialects. Really? Have, you, have you ever read? Yeah, read a novel in a different Korean dialect, right? With their own colloquialism and their own terms, you know? I, you're going dude, I'm, I'm a guy from Brooklyn. I don't. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the end, you know, uh, I got a, I got, I averaged a C, and I was the only Korean American. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're well, four thousand two. Yeah. I was the only Korean guy, uh, Korean American, right? American born guy there. Everybody else were, you know, they were either Korean, you know, grew up here after immigrating here, mm -hmm. right? Or so they're there for the free um, they were flat out international students. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, they all got A's. They were like, this is easy, right? This is my thing. Yeah, I got a C and, and um, you know, the, t the professor, uh, bless his heart, uh, he, you know, he felt sorry for me. So he gave me a 10 point curve in that. So I, so I, I officially, um, 
you know, got to be in that course. Yeah, thank you, Professor He's like, Lee. He's like, they try. <laughs> Everyone here knows it. This is their native language. You're like, you don't know it. You're the one trying. The oh, hardest. yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm trying so hard. Yeah. Yeah, I've never tried so hard in Korean in my life. Um, but, you know, I, I finessed and I got through it. it. It's kind of funny. Like, even I took Chinese in, uh, in Georgia Tech. But I hear the hardest courses at tech were not even the engineering courses. Sometimes it was the language courses. Thinking yeah. that would be easier than the engineering courses. They're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. how bad could it be? It's Japanese. And everyone's like, my worst course this semester right now is Japanese. I'm struggling with a C right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For so it's sure. a consistent it's- story. It's a consistent story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it seems like you you're having a great time in college. Uh aside from the struggles of the classwork, uh, what were some like passions or uh, hobbies or just like goals you had when you were in college? Because that was like four to five years of your life. Yeah, I mean, for me, I just, um, I wasn't really thinking about the future Mm. per se during college. I, I was really thinking about just enjoying every bit of it. Right. Um, you know, and my, Biggest focus was, uh, as I said, so just to give you a little rundown, right? And I'm pretty sure a lot of people kind of experience this one way or another. If you haven't, then you're definitely in a better start than I was after I graduated college. But um, after my third year of majoring in chemical engineering, I realized I did not want to do chemical engineering, (laughs) right? Um, I've heard, you know, the salary is great, but I heard the places you had to work at weren't as great. You know, mm-hmm. um, I always wanted to go back to, you know, New York, New Jersey yeah. after I graduated. Um, and the things that I've heard was after you graduate and come with engineering and you go into one of those oil companies, you got to work in an oil rig in Nova Scotia out in the ocean. And yeah, that wasn't the lifestyle for me. Um, so that I think that's what led to me taking my finance courses, right? Mm-hmm. Me taking other courses, seeing what's out there, right? Um, I really thought that, you know, maybe I'll um, take my finance courses, you know, and uh, work in investment banking, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as I graduate, yeah. right? So I was really trying to look for those internships. Or I was really trying to look for those, those jobs where I can get closer and closer to um, that, you know? Um, because I really enjoyed finance during my my time in college. Um, yeah, it, it was really awesome. So um, just having that mindset, you know, I think that led me to kind of enjoy everything that I could at Tech, right? Um, because, you know, there's a lot of stuff at Tech. And one thing that I do regret is I didn't enjoy all of Tech, you know, as much as I could have, right? Mm. I think... The only things that I searched for and I, you know, um, experienced was maybe like 20, 25 percent yeah. of Georgia Tech, right? What were some um, of those things that you want to enjoy looking back, having some hindsight into this? Doing a different major. <laughs> um, Switching the major earlier. Yeah, yeah. Change, change my major when I was able to change my major. Is there a, is there a moment in university that you look back and you're like, that was a pivotal moment. And you're like, I wish I either did this differently or like, I'm so glad I did this. Yeah, actually on the other side of things, my involvement in that Christian organization, 
you know, KCCC was was something that I would never regret, right? You know, I'm I'm all talking about this opportunity cost and whatnot, but mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, I wish uh, there were 48 hours in a day, you know, so I could experience both, right? Yeah. Um, but as I said, you know, um, I was heavily involved in it. I think it really. Um, uh, I, I guess it really increased or really developed my speaking skills, you know, in front of large, you know, audiences, right? Um, you know, uh, my leadership, right? And other facets, you know, of, of my life um, that I didn't develop yet, whether it was like trust in people, you know, working in a team, you know, so to speak. Um, all of those soft skills I use now, you know. Um, and not only that, but it also, you know, led me to really, I guess, solidify my faith, you know, in Christ, right. On top of it all, you know, so I, it's such a huge plus. Mm -hmm. Um, and lastly, you know, uh, I met my wife through this organization. So, um, that's a pretty big win. Oh yeah, for sure. It it was the biggest win, you know, (laughs) it's worth it all. It's worth it all. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 All those, all those events that I just talked about five minutes ago. Mm, I, don't, I don't need that. I don't need that. You know, I'm sure your wife that will listen to this later will appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like you had a really packed college experience. You've done different courses. You picked up pretty much another minor or two, depending on finance Korean Sure. Uh, on top of a chemical engineer, which is already extremely packed. Um, did you do you have any uh, memories of like your graduation date or like when you were like nearing the end or just graduated and any stories from that then? That yeah, um, graduation. I mean, it, it was crazy. Like during my college career, actually, I was I was waiting to graduate so I can, you know, um, take a step <laughs> into my new life. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm the type of person um, that uh, I think at the time that always looked into the future. You know what I mean? And sometimes, you know, that's not great because you don't get to enjoy the present because you're focused on the future, you know? So after I graduated the graduation ceremony, I spent my last bit of time with my friends. Um, It was very emotional for me, right? Mm. Because I'm talking to you, you know, right now. um, And it sounds like I did do a lot, right? But I think at the time I didn't, think that I did a lot, right? Mm-hmm. During my college career, I did, you know, I think some emotions of regret, right? Wishing I could, do, I could have done more during my yeah. college career came out. And not only that, you know, the, the people that I met along the way, you know, um, I knew I was going to move back to New York. That was, you know, no doubt in my yeah. mind. But, you know, just, uh, I guess, saying goodbye to all of those people that I've lived with for the past four to five years. You know, I think that was the hardest moment. So when you graduated, did you leave immediately for New York? I, um, I mean, you can say that, right. Um, I did, I did. Um, and I went to New York without a, you know, without a backup plan. You know, I didn't, I didn't have a job offer. Mm -hmm. Right. I just went, Right. And I said, Hey, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to see what I, what I'm going to do. You know, Mm -hmm. I think also at the time, as I said, right. Creative 
yeah, you know, creative flow and whatnot, right? I also aspire, aspire to be an actor. So tell um, us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, as I said, I created the music video. I did also like multiple other projects that involved me acting, you know, during my Georgia Tech career. You know, they're like, they weren't anything professional, right? They're just like small skits and whatnot. But, you know, I, um, I really loved it. You know, I really enjoyed it. So uh, I thought to myself, you know, maybe I should be an actor, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know how, how old was I? I was like 21, 22 at the time. Right. I'm like, you know, I, I mean, if it doesn't pan out, I'll get like a real job at like 25, 26, you know, my, my career won't be over. Yeah. Um, so why not? Let, let's go for it. You know, this is the only time frame that I can actually think about pursuing this. Right. Yeah. So I went up and, um, you know, I started taking acting classes for, uh, for like four or five months. Really? Did yeah. You, were you in any productions or any small skits or? I was, um, I mean, obviously during the acting classes, right? You, you get filmed, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that was very interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, when you hear like the camera puts on 10 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. It puts on like 50 pounds, man. <laughs> like you, you gotta, you gotta watch out for that. You, you, you know, you gotta, um, <laughs> you gotta, you know, just really, you know, have that in your head before you're in front of the camera. But besides that, actually, um, voice acting. I voice acted for a couple of things. Really? Um, what, what's, yeah, yeah. What's one thing that you voice acted for? So I voice acted for a small ski video game, right? Um, you know, you, you know the the people who go like, "Oh, you got a star," right? Yeah. Or mega slalom right things yeah. like that right yeah. um that that's what i voice acted for you know like whenever people got points for like jumping off a hill or whatnot uh another thing was a dub over um for like know, audio file or like... for, not for an anime but for actually like a musical production oh, overseas wow. yeah 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 so i was you know i had to play many roles right i was a giant at one point i was like a king's um you know, like servant mm-hmm. or advisor at another point, right? Uh, background noises, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that was also, you know, one of the things that I did. Um, and I loved it. I really loved it. If I could ever go back, you know, into voice acting again, yeah. um, and for the people who, you know, uh, low key, yeah, I'm trying to, <laughs> I, I'm trying to say, I want to, I want to, you know, partake in some projects for those who have voice acting roles. But um yeah, if I can, you know, that'll, that'll be so awesome. That'll be great. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed that part. So to recap, you went from New York to Georgia Tech, graduated with a chemical engineering degree with various minors, moved up to New York and became an actor, both in voice and in like real, like real life, 50 mm-hmm. pound mm-hmm. adding camera acting. And at what point did you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at what point did you realize yeah. you're like, either this is not what I want to do or like there's something better I want to do? Mm-hmm. Actually, um, yeah. So uh, I realized I needed money. <laughs> <laughs> I needed money, so I, you know, um, a job came up. Right, mm-hmm. um, somebody that I knew, you know, from church was saying, "Oh, there's like an engineering position that popped up. Right, um, do you want to go for it?" Right, so. Um, I did. Um, and 
you know, I think at the time, uh, my sole focus was uh, acting, right?、Mm. So this quote unquote full time job, even if it was a full time salary job, right? I thought of it as like a, you know, just side money type of gig,、mm-hmm. right? You know, I'll just do this on the side, and、yeah. then I'm just going to focus on acting, right?、Yeah. On on my off days, on everything else, you know. And this position was actually a solar engineer, right? Solar engineering position、mm. for a solar manufacturer, right?、Um, and uh, I was uh, also working, you know, at this job, and little, little more as I, you know, as the months progressed, and I was, I was, you know, really. Working,、um, I think that's when I start to develop this passion for renewable energy. You know, I really saw that. Wow, there is value in this. You know, and and it is something that's really needed right now in this world, right? And I, I think I saw a vision.、Um, you know,、uh, the grand picture of,、um, you know, renewable energy just being really essential, right? That you know. And and really dire, not even、mm. essential,、yeah. right? It's not even a nice thing to have anymore, but it's really a necessity, you know. Especially because global energy usage、mm-hmm. is only increasing; it has never decreased,、yeah. right?、Um, so your method of where you get your energy is really important,、mm-hmm. you know. One thing that will never go away is energy usage, you know.、Uh. So where where are you getting that from? You know, are you going to get that from coal? Are you going to get that from natural gas?、Mm-hmm. Right.、Um, those. It's not really great for the environment. Yeah.、Know? And I remember when I said I only look in, or I mostly con- concentrate on the future. Yeah. Well, you know, I was looking. All right, where are my future generations? You know, what what is the world that we're going to leave them?、Mm-hmm. You know, and I literally thought of the apocalypse. I was like, I do not want you know、uh, my future children and their children living in that、mm-hmm. and have to take on that burden because、yeah. of their pre- predecessors, right?、Um, and that's where, yeah, my passion for renewable energy really kick started,、yeah. you know. And I started focusing less and less into acting, right, and more and more into renewable energy. And you know, that's、um, where I am today. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Do you notice yourself、uh, turning off the power more, like kind of resembling our parents' generations? Like, how dare you turn the lights <laughs> in the middle of the day? Um. Yeah.、Uh, no. No. I um. I'm not gonna lie. Like being part of renewable energy also makes you kind of become an environmentalist, you know. Or at least, you know, I'm not gonna talk for on behalf of every single renewable energy, you know,、mm-hmm. employee, right? But. You know, at least for me, right? So、mm-hmm. I was becoming more conscious of how I recycle or、yeah. how I throw things away, right?、Yeah. Um, actually, to the point where, you know, I'm even thinking about renewable energy recycling, right? What's that?、Um, yeah. So,、uh, you know, just to give you a little rundown, right? PV modules, wind,、mm-hmm. you know.、Um, They're great because you know they're quote unquote sustainable. Yeah. But there's not a great way to recycle them yet,、yeah. or it's not mainstream. It's、yeah. a lot cheaper for people to just throw old parts away. Yeah. And even for wind parts, that there are parts 
you know, or almost a, a lot of parts in wind, you know, um, farms that are not recyclable. Yeah, like, like the blades. So, exactly. So they're thrown away, right? Mm. Um, so actually the next step, you know, is proper sustainable renewable energy, mm. you know, material recycling. Yeah. Right. Wow. It seems like this has really left a big imprint on you. And, and since you're still in the industry, right? Like, yeah, uh, you're still in solar. Um, I know you started with, was it LG the first time you got into it? Yep. That's right. Life's good. LG Electronics. And you then you, you jumped once or twice, is it? Or are you? No, I jumped once. Once. Um, yeah. Uh, by the way, you know, I'm, I'm, even if I, you know, I left LG, but mm. I still love their products. Yeah. Right. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm such, I, I don't know why, you know, I'm still such like an LG advocate, right? Uh, buy LG products, guys. I'm not going to lie. Like, Do you have an LG Besides product? the phones, Do everything you? else. <laughs> well, I tried, right? But uh, LG phones, uh, mm-hmm. man, life is hard. Life is hard. After the <laughs> LG chocolate phone, what, you know, and as soon as the adoption of smartphones came around, mm-hmm. yeah, life's been hard for LG. But besides that, their yeah. TVs, right? Their screen, their displays, yeah. you know, it's quote unquote, like amazing. Do you like, have an LG screen at home right now? Oh yeah. I have a 34 inch curved LG monitor right now. I have an LG TV, mm-hmm. right? Um, washing machine, um, dryer. You got literally you know, everything, you <laughs> Oh yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you like super reliable, super mm-hmm. reliable. Like I, I love their product. Their hardware is amazing. Mm-hmm. Their software needs work. You, know? <laughs> yeah. well, you can't have everything, right? It's, it's You can't. Yeah. You can't. Um, but yeah, so, you know, back to your main question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I jumped from LG, right, um, to where I work, which is mm-hmm. pure power engineering. And I think the reason for my jump is, you know, I worked, I worked in LG for almost three years. Mm. Um, but, you know, just being a large corporation of LG, Right. Um, it's really hard to, you know, move up. Yeah. Right. Um, in a large corporate setting like that. And, you know, just because there's so many people above you. Right. And not only that, you know, you kind of see your ceiling, right. Of mm-hmm. where your career would be if you stuck in that place. Yeah. And after I saw that, I knew it was time for me to move. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I moved to this place. Um, or this new company of mine, which where I currently work for, I still work for called pure power engineering. Mm. And it's funny, you know, um, you had Edgar Lim on your previous podcast. Great guest. Yeah. Great guest. Great guest. You know, for those who haven't heard that, um, I highly suggest, you know, you listen to it. I really enjoyed that uh, podcast episode, but, um, thank you, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You're doing a great job, by the way, Richard. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, it, actually we worked together. Um, oh, his really? company and my company. Yeah, we, we worked together on, you know, a good number of projects. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely great. Um, so, uh, you know, I did product mm-hmm. um, engineering, right, yeah. um, at LG, which yeah. involves, you know, just really working with, the manufacturing that is done in Korea, mm-hmm. right, for their solar panels and what is needed in the U.S., right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, 
all because we create a product doesn't mean it's you know usable in a yeah. certain country, especially if they have their own regulations, right? If they have their own like requirements or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So you know, I was essentially the bridge between that, right? Uh, Not only that, you know, I was uh, the technical sales mm-hmm. point of contact, right, for any of our customers yeah. who needed engineering information, right? Yeah. LG. So I'm, I'm very curious because I, I do know uh, different cultures are very evident, especially it's a Korean company too. What were some differences between, say, like a Korean company culture and like yeah. an American company culture? Because you're such the, the bridge between the two. Yeah, yeah, it, it's very hard. And I think this plays not only at a company level, but at a life level, right? When, when you're Korean-American, um, it's very difficult to find your identity, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're either... A Korean in the U.S., but when you go to Korea, you're an American, yeah. right? Yeah, you're you're always treated differently, whether you know you're on in the U.S. or whether you're in Korea, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's the same thing. Yeah, it was the same thing at LG, you know, being a Korean American, albeit this is a U.S. you know based yeah. company. Yeah, but at the end of the day it's a Korean company with Korean values mm. and a Korean system, you know? Uh. So it was, it's pretty difficult to really adjust, you know, or really juggle that because you are yeah. juggling that, you know? Um, uh, so, you know, non-Koreans that joined the company, mm. I think have it a little easier really? than Korean Americans. There's right? no pressure. <laughs> there isn't, there isn't. You know, you don't, it, they don't expect you to know the Korean culture, mm-hmm. right? Especially the Korean business culture. Yeah. Right. But when you're a Korean American, you look Korean. You look, you look the part. Yeah. You look it. So people assume that, you know, you are, um, that you understand the Korean values, Korean, mm. you know, business culture, especially. But me, this is my first Korean company, yeah. right? Even, you know, I've worked in other companies in the past, but this is my first Korean cultured one. Um, so there were definitely a lot of uh, road bumps, you know, um, just in how to talk to, you know, the people above you, right? In terms of rank, right? Um, you know, how to, I guess, address them or, you know, how to write your emails a certain way, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I definitely learned a lot about the Korean culture, uh, the art of writing, mm-hmm. you know, the business language in yeah. Korean, right? Um, and yeah, just large corporate culture all in all and how to address all of that during my time there. Yeah. What is one thing that really stood out to you? Like, whether it be a pro by doing that system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that you've noticed that like, oh, I wish Americans did this too. Oh, oh. Um, like American companies, like American companies or American organizations Mm -hmm. or just Mm -hmm. American Mm -hmm. businesses. I think, I think, I think one big thing that, um, the Korean companies have is camaraderie Mm. amongst their team. They're very unified, right? Like whether they hate one boss, you know, Mm. or, you know, um, they love one thing, right? Mm. Um, I think American companies, and this could be a good thing, this could be a bad thing, yeah. but one main difference is that American companies are more, um, you know, they set their boundaries a lot between their personal life and their business life yeah. a lot more, 
right? Whereas Korean companies like all of your, you know, business call business associates, right, and mm-hmm. colleagues, they'll go to your wedding, you know, all of them, yeah. right? Or um, you guys will literally go to dinner like four days out of the week, you yeah. know, because you guys are working till like 9 p.m. Yeah, you know what I mean? Or yeah. or you guys just, you know, you guys just had a stressful day, so you guys all go for a drink, mm-hmm. um, you know, more often than not. Yeah. Right. So because of that, there is that band of brotherhood um, that naturally forms a lot faster mm-hmm. in the Korean culture setting than, you know, as I said, the American yeah. um, based setting. That's really interesting. You mentioned your experience as a Korean American um, being very different, working in this new setting again. Um, and I'm, I am assuming that you did travel to Korea to, for a couple of times, whether it be for your wife oh, yeah. or for just for fun. What were some experiences that you've had in Korea that you would like to talk about, whether that shaped the way you are now or just something that really stuck out to you? Um, I mean, I don't think this, you know, mind you, the Korean culture now is very different from the past, whether it's 10 years ago or even yeah. years, right? But one thing that I remember, this was way back, you know, um, but obviously living in America, I'm not that good in Korean. And even now, I'm not as comfortable, right? I might be fluent, but, you know, definitely it takes a little bit of focus, you know, in order to speak Korean or even attempt to speak Korean, right? Mm-hmm. When I got to, you know, uh, speak it. Um, but at the time, I was a lot uh, worse in Korean, right? I didn't have my minor back then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was on a train and I was talking to my friends in English, right? Mm. And then there was this one old guy, you know, obviously he's a lot more old Korean culture, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, he sees me, a Korean face, you know, he's like, how, how dare you? throw away your mother language, right? Mm. For this foreign language, yeah. you know, only talk Korean when you're in Korea. You know what I mean? Um, obviously it didn't, it wasn't a positive impact, mm. right? It was a negative impact. Yeah. Um, but I think that really shaped me in terms of like, just understanding a lot more this, this, this uh, delicate balance. Mm-hmm that, you know, not only me, but I'm pretty sure a lot of Korean Americans have to face. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting to hear. And I, I, I see where the adjustments, the, the integration happened multiple times, right? Whether it be through work, mm-hmm. whether it be mm-hmm. through your lovely wife, um, who's also right. from Korea. Um, right. so what were some lessons that you took to this part in life? Uh, with you not being married, you in a smaller company, right, than LG, mm-hmm. which is this ginormous incorporation. Um, what are some components that you would like to like share with us about that? Uh, and you're asking about me transitioning from that corporate Korean culture to my new company yeah. or my current company. Yeah. So, yeah, pure power engineering. Obviously, you know, a lot smaller for- form. Uh, uh, a lot smaller firm, right? Um, you know, LG is like a 10,000 person company, you know, it, it's, you know, top 50 in terms of size and revenue and whatnot, right? Um, pure power, when I came in, was about 20 to 25 people, you know? Now it's almost a 50 person company, 
mm. in, a, in a span. I've worked there. Uh, September was my third year working there. Wow. So in a span of three years, it doubled in size, right? Um, it, exponential increase in terms of revenue and just growth, overall growth in terms of the company. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think I enjoyed the smaller um, culture um, or the smaller, yeah. It, it's definitely a startup vibe, yeah. right? Um, I, think I love the fact that I was able to wear many hats, mm-hmm. right? And as you can see throughout the course of my life from college onward, I was always like a doer, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like a prep and do, you just just, just go for it, yeah. right? Um, so uh, with that, um, I think it really helped me with, you know, uh, especially being part of this smaller company, right? Yeah. There are people who can complain and be like, oh, this is not part of my roles. This yeah. is not part of my responsibility. We didn't, we didn't sign know, up for this. Yeah, I didn't sign up for this. You know, when we signed the contract for me to be an employee here, mm. right? Um, I actually enjoyed it, you know, mm. because I get, I get to partake in different things, you know, yeah. uh, without me, you know, quote unquote, bearing all of the responsibility of things go south, right? Yeah. Um, and for me to learn a lot more, you know, um, as I was about to say before, um, when I was in LG, I was a product engineering yeah. type of role, product management. I was, I, you know, right now I'm a project manager, yeah. right? Two very different things, even if it's in the same industry, yeah. you know, product is more, you know, as the name suggests, product related, right? Project is utilizing all of that product and equipment and, you know, making things work in that particular project that you're engineering, mm. right? So it, it was very different. It's something I never did, you know, and the things I learned from Georgia Tech yeah. adapt very fast, learn very quickly, right? Like, you know, do the grunt work, right? That you just have to do, you know, yeah. that really helped me um, just quote unquote succeed in mm. my current um, job. Uh, that I have right now. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, and I know a lot, I, I, you might get this question a lot. So what does the average day in like a project manager in like a 50 person firm look like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I have a team, right? Um, of engineers, you know, that, that I work with, you know. Um, I'm, so, uh, you know, I don't believe in a manager just throwing tasks at their engineers and just say, here you go, have fun, good luck, show me the end result. Mm. And then me seeing the end result and say, no, no good, right? <laughs> um, I believe in, you know, I guess, really nurturing, you know, these engineers so that they become better engineers yeah. and better managers, right? So, you know, I work with them every step of the way, yeah. right? Um, not only that, um, I'm working with clients, right? And one big thing that I really try to stress with clients is, hey, like, I know you're paying me, mm-hmm. right? But we're on the same team. Yeah. You know, there's respect that goes both ways, mm. right? And and I, I always try to um, set that boundary in the beginning, yeah. you know? So there is a lot of client management. Mm-hmm. And I guess um, managing that client also means, you know, building trust with that client, yeah. right? And also making sure they understand we're in the same team. Mm. Right. So being very responsive, you know, so that we continue to develop trust. I think that's one thing that not a lot of companies do. Right. It might take two days for you to get a, 
email back, yeah. right? But I, I try to really minimize that to half a day max, mm-hmm. right? Um, make sure that they have my cell. Make sure you know yeah. they can call me anytime if they need me, mm-hmm. right? And it's it sounds very sales like, right? <laughs> it's it, it sounds yeah. pretty sales, but but it's it's client management. Mm-hmm. You know, um, at the end of the day, you know their project, yeah, you know, because you are directly working on their project. Yeah. So they have that added trust mm-hmm. that, you know, a salesperson might not have, right? Because salesperson has to close the deal, right? They have to close the deal or not even that they have to refer to like an engineer, you mm-hmm. know, if they don't know anything. Yeah. Right. But I've all, I already have at least 80% of the answers, yeah. you know? Um, so it, there is that trust there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So that, that's what my day to day looks like. Wow. That's, know? that's fascinating. Uh, mm-hmm. like, I think that really does open up the doors to how communications work, how much, how much relationship plays a factor in project management. Because I feel yeah. like a lot of engineers or people that we know, they think a lot about the technical skills that goes into it mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. too much about the soft skills as much. Um, right. And you're, Definitely. Yeah, and you're transitioning through all of this uh, with a new relationship. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I was... <laughs> I think, you know, uh, me moving to my new company also played a factor, you know, or, um, that played a factor in that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, I met the love of my life, you know, um, it was a long distance relationship all throughout. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and on our one year anniversary, we got married. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, and I knew at the time, like while we were dating, I was really, you know, considering marriage. Um, I knew there was no way I could support, right. My family, which consists of me and my wife, Mm -hmm. uh, through my role at LG, uh, which gave me motivation to find, you know, not only a better paying job, but, you know, a more, um, fulfilling career Mm -hmm. altogether. Yeah. And it's really fascinating to see your, uh, your perspective think of like, this is the moment to what is the future as, as you're going yeah. through your life a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it, it plays out, right? Like, uh, I, I told uh, her name is Yana, by the way. Love you, Yana. Um, <laughs> so I, I um, you know, I, I told her in the beginning, right? Um, I do intend, you know, I, I want for us to get married, right? Mm. Um, I told her flat out, I was really strong about that graciously she accepted right uh she could have said no ill what are you doing <laughs> like you know we've only been dating for like three months get out of here right mm-hmm. but luckily she didn't right but i told her here are the steps that you know we need to take in order for this to work yeah. right um so me looking in the future also helped us really plan out mm-hmm. you know what we needed to do and the steps we needed to take in order for all this to work mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome yeah what is a what I know I know there's a lot of hard lessons that I learned, especially mm-hmm. in marriage. What is like mm-hmm. one lesson that you think that you learn oh, quickly? Oh man. <laughs> uh quickly? Or just just the best lesson you learned so far? Yeah, the best lesson is there's there's never a no. All right. I'm gonna explain this to you. Okay. So let's say you go to a car dealership, yeah, right? And you're trying to get a car, right? And you might be uncomfortable negotiating, you know, like a lot of engineers are, right? They, yeah. they don't really, you know, um, so they sometimes just, 
say, all right, I'll just accept this deal, you mm-hmm. know, for the sake of less awkwardness yeah. and more fluidity, mm-hmm. right? Like they don't want to be resistant, you know? I learned that I can't do that anymore. You know, mm. if it was me, like for in that same car scenario, if it was me, I would be like, all right, I'll pay 30 more bucks a month you yeah. know, for that car, whatever, yeah. you know, yeah, that's nothing. but you know, it's not only me anymore. Mm-hmm. I got to think about my wife, right? I got the best deal for, for my wife's car right now mm-hmm. that people are unheard of because I was so like a pain in the butt. You know, I'm pretty sure that car salesman hates me. <laughs> but, um, you know, those are the things that I learned, right? There's yeah. never a no, you know, if you don't ask, right. Mm-hmm. You will never know. Yeah. Right. Um, not only that, right. It's also other, you know, that things, um, I think that saying is very applicable to a lot of things in life, mm-hmm. you know, like never be afraid to ask, yeah. you know, the worst thing that you can hear is no. Mm-hmm. Right. But after you hear that, no, and you say, why not? You know, yeah, a lot of things open up for you. Yeah. So sometimes they don't have an answer for that. Why not? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when you say never a no, does that also mean when you communicate with your wife, there's never a no in the conversation? No. Um, <laughs> no, that's different. So when you're married, guy, uh, guys, um, you know, there's there's a queen in your household. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you have to respect the queen. they don't call them queen b for a reason yeah um yeah yeah that that is just a hard um Mm -hmm. you know thing i'm i you know for every barack there's a michelle Mm. right for every john there was a jackie right um for every fdr there was an eleanor yeah for me for every andrew there's a yenna so poetic um, i love it (laughs) oh yeah yeah definitely Definitely. So um, it seems like you've learned so many lessons along the way. Um, what are some like material that you look to for inspiration? Whether it be a book, a movie, something you listened to recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, uh, my church, you know, is a is uh, I guess subscribed to mm-hmm. this thing called Right Now Media, mm-hmm. right? And it's like um a, a Spotify of Bible study material. Oh wow! Right. Yeah, yeah, it's actually pretty awesome. Um, it's like, you know, you, you can choose like a book, you know, let's say you want to do the book of James, yeah. right? It'll give you, you know, like a bunch of different um, authors and pastors, you know, that uh, has pre-recorded this Bible study. Mm-hmm. And each video is like six, seven minutes long, right? Wow. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and I think that really helped me, right? Because um, not everybody's perfect, yeah. right? You know, quote unquote, everybody's a sinner, right? Everybody's yeah. imperfect, you know? And the trick is to meditate every day, mm. but it's really hard for people to meditate every day, mm. right? On And the word and the Bible and whatnot, you know, um, whatever their excuses may be or, you know, their schedule and whatnot. Yeah. I think this really helps and condense yeah. that, really, you know? Like you do have 10 minutes a day, you know, um, to, to watch a video, right? Mm. Everybody is glued to their phones because, you know, they're not reading, yeah. right? Most of people, you know, I know there are a number of people who do, but most of them, you know, they're watching YouTube, 
because it's automatic grat- gratification. They're just watching it. You know, it's not, they don't have to try for anything. Yeah. Um, for right now media to, I guess, make that Bible study material into more of a visual, mm-hmm. you know, learning experience, um, it really helps, right? It also really helped me. Um, and, you know, whenever I hear the pastor speak, uh, he's always, he's like, yeah, I, I always go like, yeah, you, you have a point. Mm-hmm. I should be like this, <laughs> right? <laughs> and ultimately it helps me become a better person, yeah. right? You know, sometimes I may be really frustrated and it's uncanny, like it's crazy, you know, like how, um, you know, the thing I watched that day is so applicable to mm-hmm. what I'm feeling. Yeah. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's always, and I'm it just always like, has to hit you right at the right moment. You're like, yeah. how do you know this? <laughs> yeah, it's like, how, how? I'm watching a video of you, you know, like, mm-hmm. But it works. It works like that. And I think, you know, just uh, I'm pretty sure you've known me for a while. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm pretty sure you've seen my personal growth. Um, You know, I think all of this has really helped me grow into the person I am today. That's so awesome. I do know you have a very favorite hobby of yours. And I think that's one thing that's been consistent from the beginning till now. And that is bowling. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I love bowling. You know, who am I? <laughs> I, I am. Why do you love um, bowling? I, I, it's such a, it's such an intriguing sport that kind of just harkens back to a specific decade. It's not the current yeah. one. Right. So like, what, what do you love about yeah. it? Um, I don't know. I mean, I started bowling like eighth grade, you know, I loved, I loved chucking the ball down the lane mm. ever since I was a kid. Yeah. But I just never knew how to do it. Yeah. One time I went to Korea for a summer and my aunt actually taught me how to bowl. Um, and then I came back with that in eighth grade. You know, I bowled here and there. I was like average of 110 or whatnot, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then I decided to try out for the bowling team. And I averaged like 153 my freshman year. I was like, oh, I might be decent at this, right? Mm-hmm. And then I just went up and up and up. Um, I think I learned... And I'm a very competitive guy, right? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I thrive on competition, mm. you know? Nothing competitive um, like bowling. Oh, yeah. yeah you, you guys have no idea. The stare downs that happen. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's all good sportsmanship. But, yeah. um, you know, definitely it, in, the, in the front, it's all good sportsmanship. Yeah. But behind, you're like, oh, man, I need a strike to beat this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. It's a lot of mind games going on. Yeah, it's it, it's very men- it's eighty percent mental. It really eighty percent mental. I think that's why I haven't gotten a three hundred yet. Um, ever? You never got a three hundred? Ever? Never. Even in practice? Um, yes, a two ninety eight is my closest one. Wow. And the reason why is when you see the eleventh strike, the twelfth strike, your hands start shaking, <laughs> right? And what I heard is your first three hundred is the hardest one. After that, it kind of After- lost something. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. After your first 300, it gets a lot easier. Right. Mm. You know, it's the, it's the yips, you know what I mean? Um, but I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting to unlock that 300 game. Maybe this is your Moby Dick. Like maybe you're. Yeah. Yeah. This is my, this is my mountain that I, I got to climb. And once I, once I climb that mountain, mm. oh man, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a bird out of its cage <laughs> bowling away. <laughs> So it seems like you learned a lot of lessons, whether it be from bowling to your now marriage mm-hmm. and your multiple mm-hmm. career moments to just studying to like three o'clock in the morning. Um, are there 
say three lessons that you'd like to share with the audience that you learned along the way? Yeah, sure. And I think I've, you know, um, talked about it a lot, right? Mm -hmm. During my time talking to you. Um, the first one is, as I said, you know, there's never a no, right? There's always a way, you know, um, you just got to find a reason why it's not happening. Right. Mm -hmm. And it could be a lot of reasons, you know, it could be timing, right? Maybe it's not your time, right? It might be, you know, you need to develop a particular skill, right? You know, as a person, I think living is just one big learning curriculum, right? Um, there's going to be a lot of things that you don't know that you just got to learn mm -hmm. to adjust yeah. and be comfortable with not knowing, you know, I think that's a lot of things that uh, that's a, you know, a lot of people um, suffer from that, right. They yeah. just aren't comfortable with, you know, um, not understanding something or not knowing something, right. You just got to accept the fact that you don't know it, yeah. you know, and you just got to learn it. Yeah. Just right? bite the pride. Yeah, exactly. Bite the pride, you know? and um, just do it, right? So there's there's never a no. You've got to find the reason why it's not working. Mm -hmm. You've got to be comfortable with, you know, um, the fact that it's not working, right? Be patient with it. And sooner or later, it's going to come around, mm -hmm. right? Number two is believe in yourself. You know, um, one thing that I think a lot of people do is when they see a certain feat, right? That has never been done yet. Or if they see some type of role model, right? They might say, oh, I can never be that because of my imperfections yeah. or because I don't have the right training because of this, this and many different excuses, right? But, um, you know, I think the biggest believer, right? Is yourself, you know? So you always need to have that mindset. Right. Even if you naturally succumb to the mindset of, oh, like, I can't do this. Yeah. You have to train yourself to say, I can do this. Right. All of the top CEOs, like they've, they were never like leaders of their industry. Right. When they started their company, yeah. you know, maybe, you know, a good chunk, right. I'm not going to say every, right. But a good number, you know, for example, Elon Musk, you know, he, he was, he was, um, he founded PayPal, right? Yeah. But in terms of SpaceX, you know, he never, he wasn't part of NASA, yeah. right? He never had that experience, you know? Mm. Um, Just audacious drive. Like, I'm going to make rockets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, I'm, I'm going to do that, right? I'm going to commercialize space flight, right? Mm. Like, who would ever think of that, you know? Um, yeah, so you don't have to be... You know, you don't have to have the experience in order to do it. You know, even for me, right? I'm doing a lot of electrical engineering work, you know, in my field, a lot of construction work in my field. Yeah. I, I majored in chemical engineering, which I wasn't really good at, right? I minored in Korean and finance, you know, not a lick of electrical engineering, but right now I'm doing what I'm doing, right? And hopefully you know, other people can agree that I'm, halfway decent at what I'm doing right now. <laughs> right? I, hope so at this point. <laughs> I pray, I pray because I've engineered a lot of projects. If I'm not good at what I'm doing, then a lot of things are going to fail and a lot of things are going to blow up. Right. So, um, yeah. So, you know, take, take it from my example, right. Uh, you got to believe in yourself, you know, and number three is enjoy the present, right. Enjoy the present. 
Um, you are at a place where you are for a reason, right? And it might not be where you want to be in life, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to have positive experiences from it, right? Um, so enjoy your life right now and make the most of it, you know? Like, for example, let's say, you know, you, um, you aspire to have a family one day, but you don't, right? And you're working at Starbucks, you know, right? Like you might not have the best job right now, you know? Doesn't mean it's not going to come. Mm -hmm. Just means it's not, it's not your time right now, yeah. right? Um, but what can you do, you know, like right now um, that you can't when you have a family, yeah. you know? You can travel the world, right? You can, you know, partake in many other classes. You can do other things, right? Like there is a positive light, right? In the current um, stage that you're living. So definitely take most of that and enjoy the present because the future will come, you know? Mm. Um, you just got to enjoy the ride. Awesome. Thank you so much, Andrew, for those three last tidbits. I think those advice would spell very well with the, our listeners. Yeah, yeah. I hope, I hope, you know, they take at least one thing from <laughs> what, I've, what I've said so far. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of the Ranger Outpost. We'd love to hear from you, so send us some comments and feedback to @RangerOutpost on Instagram as we set up our official website and email address. 